What's up, everybody? And on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA draft. Man, we've kind of mentioned the first three picks of the NBA draft, but we talk about the NBA draft. Is it boring? We thought it was. And then we also touch on the upcoming free agency that's going to be coming for next week, possible trades and rumors. So tune in to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here with my boys, E. Al, what's good, fellas? Um, it's been a long week. Um, kind of tired. Um, but other than that, I, you know, everything is all good. Ready, ready to get started, you know. Hey, it's, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. And uh, it's hot. <laughs> God damn it, 90 degrees. Yeah. I, I I had to wrestle with myself just to go cut the grass. <laughs> uh, the grass won't get cut until damn near 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> I and I was still wrestling by something at that time. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. It'd probably be best to wait until at night time to do that. But I do have uh, a glass of uh, vino today. So, uh, Oh, man. Where's I have a glass of uh, wonton today. Uh, <laughs> All water is in this place, so I will find that while we're talking. Uh, so, fellas... I know we're late to the game talking about this, but uh, on our last episode, we were discussing the potential trades that were taking place uh, right before the draft, and now the NBA draft has taken place. The first three picks went as we everybody anticipated. You know, Zion going to New, uh, New Orleans, R.J. Barrett going – R.J. I think it's R.J. Barrett, whatever his name is. <laughs> going Barrett, to, uh, yes. Who? R.J. Barrett, yes. Yeah. You talking about John Mixed. Oh. oh, sorry, go ahead. And I forget who went number two. Um, John Morant went John number Ah, uh, yes, John went to the Memphis. So, you know, once that took place, then it was sort of like a, a free-for-all with all the damn trades that were going on with the Lakers and, and Atlanta. And, you know, they still getting drafted when they get drafted, but their draft rights belong to somebody else, blah, 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 blah. So... First of all, let me ask, do you think the NBA draft is boring? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah, I thought the same thing. It, it, I, maybe because the NFL puts a big to-do on what they do, you know, and the NBA is generating some serious cash too, but yeah, that was some straight, that was some straight boring stuff. <laughs> I'm Let's not get it twisted. I think the NBA draft is quite boring too. Actually, I think the NBA draft, I mean, the NFL draft is more boring than the NBA draft. <laughs> I hate to be honest. I was gonna go that same route. I think all drafts at this point is is like boring at this stage. You probably better off just getting it announced. Just like free agency, like okay, this team picks such and such. Social media alone, like you could do something like that where you don't have to have the spectacle of being on TV. I don't think a lot of people, you know, really cares in regards. They already know who's going to where. I think they should try and do something a little bit different, in my opinion, where it's not televised. Maybe do it where, you know, they announce it via social media or something like that. Or do it in a social media type of way where fans can be more engaged into it than just watching on TV. But that's just my opinion. No, I agree. I think the NFL, well, I mean, if you creep back to the NFL, I think the NFL has made it much more of an emphasis because they have more rounds they've took the first round and did it on Thursday nights. And now you have the whole NFL experience. And now they're moving the whole NFL experience from, you know, from city to city. And I went to the one that was in Philadelphia and, you know, I was more entertained with the NFL experience than I was with the actual draft. And it was in Philly. So most people were more concerned about who the Eagles were picking. And once the Eagles made their pick, and I think they were like 12 or 13, somewhere in the, like the mid like between 10 and 14. Once they made their pick, you saw the big crowd say, ooh. And then you saw, <laughs> oh, ah. And then they all left. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the whole park started, you know, filling out once the Eagles made their pick. So I think, like I said, credit to the NFL for finding more ways to generate more money to go in their multi-billion dollar pockets. But the NBA, 
inherently, and I don't know how you really jazz it up. Maybe you try to do an experience per se, um, you know, do something where you have how the NFL is doing it, where they have games and, you know, you know, stuff how the NFL drafts takes out some of their tests and people do it. Maybe the NBA can do it that way. Um, I think for us back when we were younger, it was a little bit more interesting because you were a lot more familiar with the people because the players stayed two, three years. So it wasn't like before where, you know, the media hypes up the first five to seven players. Before it was like you knew damn near the whole first and even going into the second round. So you kind of was a little bit more aware of where players are going at. But once you got past, you know, Zion Williams, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett, after that, and really DeAndre um, Johnson, it was like a big dip as far as interest level is concerned. Now, I don't have a particular team, so I was kind of just wondering where the top five will go. But once you get past that, and then you have, like, you know, the draft rights being swapped from team to team, I don't know who these players are. So I can care less about who's going where. But um, – like I said, inherently, both are inherently boring. Um, I think the NFL has packaged the first round pretty good. Um, but once you get to, like, the second and third, it kind of goes really quick and no one really tunes in for it. But they got the NFL experience. They got the first round. Maybe the NBA should look into doing something to that effect. And I think they can if they put it in a arena or some kind of venue the same way the NFL does. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's where the focus. I, to be honest, it it all depends. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, when you're a certain fan of a certain team, sometimes you just basically just want to see what your team does. And then once that is done, like I agree, after like the first five picks, you know, not everybody's fully invested unless it's their fans or their team per se. So. Um, I think people will still be in tune just to be intrigued in regards to who other teams pick. But let's be honest, the real intrigue is whatever team that you're a fan of, what player they're going to pick. And I think that that's where the interest comes in. That's where everything spikes up. Um, after the first five picks and after your team picks whoever they pick, you're not really invested in finding out what other teams pick. Some, I, I guess most, the casual fan wouldn't be fully invested in finding out what other teams pick. So that's where it spikes down. And, you know, it gets to the point where it becomes boring that time, uh, especially after the, the lottery teams pick their, pick their players. So um, I, I think that overall, maybe some – I get what the what the NBA draft does. It builds up the hype. It, it promotes the the actual players coming into the league. I understand that, um, but from a fan perspective, if it's not a player, if it's not from my team, I'm not going to be totally invested in what the other team people team players pick. I mean, I'm be honest with you. I literally waited until the second round um, because the Brook the Brooklyn Nets traded their first round pick. Um, so when the first pick in the second draft came around, that's when I became invested in to see who they were going to take. And then once that happened, I kind of figured that I knew that the team didn't have another pick. Uh, so I wasn't really invested into the draft, and which is rare because usually I'll stay and watch the draft. But for whatever reason, this season was just not it for me. Probably because, you know, I had other things and other business to attend to, but just wasn't watching it like I used to watch. Yeah, I I think I watched like the first. I think I watched up until the lottery portion was over. Then I stepped away from it, and I thought at eleven o'clock it would have been over. <laughs> I was like, that joint was still going strong at eleven o'clock. I'm like, hey, I was like, come on. I mean, like at that point, we all know if you if you got picked in the second round, I'm not saying you're lucky to make the squad. But your chances are slim. <laughs> you don't got no guaranteed contract when you get to the second round. Right. So I was like, I just don't understand. I mean, I understand that teams still want to get good value for the selections in the second round. But I'm just like, geez, please, man. I mean, like, what is it, five minutes in the first round and four in the second? They're going to knock that shit down to 90 seconds in the second. <laughs> but, <laughs> that but, move. but you also got to understand with the TV timeouts and how everything is, you know, with the commercials and everything, like – 
they really trying to drag it out long. Um, to be honest, I, I agree with you, to be honest. If you have a pick that's already in, like, it shouldn't have to take long. Like, they even show the process of a team making a pick, then walking that pick towards um, Adam Silvers, who then walks to the podium to deliver that pick to the public. I mean, it shouldn't even take that long. Like, this should be have some type of notification where, okay, this is what this person is picking, this is what this person is picking. Like, mm-hmm. right then and there. It shouldn't take – once the pick is in, it just felt like it took, like, another minute before the pick was made. And right. that's – it defeats the purpose. Like, once the pick is in, just make the pick. Like, to be honest, I would have been, like, okay with Adam Silver – saying, okay, we welcome you guys to the NBA drive. We wish you all making his spiel. And then the Pelicans is on a cop um, with the first pick. And then, like, two seconds later, they, and with the first pick, they choose such and such. Like, they drew it out for, like, two or three minutes when we all knew what the number one pick was going to be. And to draw it out just seems as though that it was, like, trying to build anticipation, but there really wasn't any. Like, I feel as though that why build the anticipation when we already know what's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, this year, I mean, more so than most years, I think it was pretty goddamn obvious who the number one pick was going to be. I think really actually it's pretty damn obvious who the first three picks was going to be. I mean, like, no one in their right minds thought the Pelicans were going to give up not drafting Zion Williams. That was just, that that was not going to happen. Um, it was pretty obvious by the time you got there that Memphis, after they traded Mike Conley, were going to take Mormon. Um, the Knicks were the one where you thought they might, but I, I always knew they was going to pick R.J. Barrett. That was the best option. Once you get past three, that's a little, eh, you don't know. But I agree. It's like they make their picks you know, or they take, you know, or they, the first team makes their picks. And then all of a sudden you got to wait like three or five minutes. It's like, by this time, you know who you're picking. If any deal should come, those deals should come prior before you even walk out of there. Just like the NFL. The NFL drives me nuts because it's like you went through all this, you know, the, the combine. You go through the per, you know, the personal workouts. You go through the interviews. You go through all this, you know, stuff. And then you get to the draft. And then you still got to wait 15 friggin' minutes for one pick to another. God damn it. You don't know who you're going to pick now. If there's going to be any deals, let the deals come before, you know, the draft. And speed TV ratings, man. TV ratings, money. <sighs> That's why I say the draft is, is inherently boring. And with the internet and mobile phones, you don't got to watch it. All you got to do is just set a ticker on your phone. All of a sudden, you get the updates. I ain't got to watch it. I just look at my phone and just see, oh, okay. You know, Patriots pick this person. Oh, Spurs pick that person. I don't have to watch it after a certain couple of picks, NFL or NBA draft combined to know who's going to get picked. I mean, if anything, you should turn it into similar like how we do with the fantasy football and the fantasy draft. Like, to make it a ticker like that, where with the, you know, with a certain pick, the New York Giants select this person. You know, like, automate that. Like, that should be something that every – like, that should be the – I think that's going to be something next, te- next generation type of move where it's not going to be on TV as much, where they're going to announce it and everybody's going to see it on their phone and then react to it in some sort of way. Um, I think that would be the best way to go at this stage. The only problem is, like you said, it's TV and how ads and commercials is going to be brought into the matter. I think that's going to be what's important. So, But, I mean, I get it as far as why they drag it out because – you may have a team at the, at the 24th hour within that little time frame of when the pick is supposed to be made to come up and give you a trade that, you know, is this too good to pass up? So, you know, they want to give them that time. But I'm like, everybody knew that New Orleans wasn't coming off their number one pick. So I'm, it, they could have easily just – but in football, I guess, because it's so complicated – I ain't going to say it's complicated with the, the draft process, but I do think the – what, is it really 15 minutes in between picks? I think you're right. In the first round. I, first I round is, the first round they have up to 15 minutes, and then the second round is like five or something cut like that. Down, cut down to 10 or five, somewhere around there. Yeah, and then like in the fourth through seventh round, is like 90 seconds. That's, and then that's, that's, when, 
that's more fantasy football right there. Right, right. Like the ticker is what you got to follow because they, the commentator isn't even talking about the actual picks. They just rambling about some other crap. You know, that's – like, Here's an idea. <laughs> What's that? If you do do like fantasy football, how, how do you do it where you have a certain amount of time and if you don't have to pick in by a certain amount of time, then it's like a random picker picks the person for you. Ooh. <laughs> Owners in general. Fantasy football is like, yeah, and if you miss it, oh, oh, you pick this person for you. You like put how you pick the people who you kind of want to look at before the fantasy football draft. And you have like, I guess, like five or six people who you have on your board that you kind of want to look at and go for. And then, you know, if you pass your time or whatever, then it's like, oh, well, whoever you pick, pick that person's not taken off the board, you pick it for you. What's right. He- but and and that's why, again, like to be honest, they should be doing this now to an extent. Like they should have like five or six players that's on the board already. Like they know what their options are. They know what place they are on the draft. It's like it's nothing new. Like the only thing I could see in regards to this is if you know, like like you said, it's with the trades and stuff. But they mm-hmm. can make the trades after the fact. Like, they don't have to make the trades doing it. They could talk about the trades after the fact that they pick whoever players that they have. But, but and let's see, okay, yes, I agree. But then that's where the problem kind of lays, where what if that team that they're trading with wants a specific player, but if they wait till after they do the pick and the next team is slick and get their pick in really quick and get the player that the other team wants, then you have the problem. Because you can't, you can't say behind this. Uh, I, well, I'm guessing you could probably say like, you know, there's a proposed trade. This team wants this player. Don't pick this player. If you're the next person drafting, I guess they could do something like that. But I mean, why not? Like the NF, I mean, the organization can stop in and say, okay, this player is off limits, you know, because of a proposed trade, whatever the right. case may be. So you know, or you know, if you make a. a if you do something like that, at least do it ahead of time where it's, you know, after a certain time frame that you can make, you can still make that trade. You can still announce that trade. You can still do it, but just be mindful of, you know, there's a certain time limit involved. Like it shouldn't have to be where it takes a full certain amount of time. If you already know who you have in play or who you want, you should be already working the things, dealings behind the scenes to get that player. If that player is available on the draft board, then you already know that who you're going to pick. So you should move ahead. If the player was taken by a team ahead of you for whatever reason, then you should be already on the phone trying to make a deal with a team, that team, and still pick a player that, you know, just in case that deal doesn't fall through, still pick another player that you have on your board three through four. You know what I'm saying? So this should be, it could be ways where it could be tightened a little bit. I think. Well, I don't know. Earl, you know, like Earl said, the NFL experience, I don't know what the heck the NBA can do to make their draft. I mean, it's only two rounds, but literally. Oh, yeah, after, dude, that's true. Right. And after the lottery selections, I, dude, I was bored. <laughs> I was, But like Earl said, because it has everything to do with the fact that you really don't know these players. A lot of them are coming from overseas and not really paid attention to those players. And there's, there's hardly any – it's hardly any players being drafted now that's been that played three or four years in one school. But but that's not that's I mean to be honest, you know that's why they have the scouts. That's why they have NBA scouts because they should have scouts should have enough team and enough I mean enough player information of all the potentials that they're looking at on their to be on their team, and mm-hmm. they have to trust their scouts to make like if they're overseas, you, your scout needs to be overseas to see how good that player is. If mm-hmm. he's not, you know. If they mess up and miss a player that actually turns out to be good that they didn't rank, that's on the scouts. Like right. that's up; it's their responsibility. Yeah, whoever the scout was for the Philadelphia 76ers that told them that they should pick Markel Fultz with the first pick in the draft, that person should never be a scout again in the NBA because he's not even playing for the um, Orlando Magic. And the Orlando Magic GM said he's not even sure if you when he'll play. That dude, that's NBA scout for 76ers, the NBA scout that picked um, Anthony Bennett with the first-round pick for Cleveland Cavaliers, 
that scout should be fired and going. Like, there's so many scouts that miss on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still 10 teams that um, overlook Giannis and take, you know, Giannis. And he's right. not an MVP. So, there are some things. I, I mean, it's up to the scouts' responsibility to pick not just the player, the right player, but the player that fits well that will help accelerate their team to do better than what they were before. That's why I think sometimes, you know, I understand you've got some camp miss prospects, but sometimes you need that player that's been in the system for two or three years to come in there and he still may not be a polished product, but I mean, at least he would have had two or three years under his belt. And given maybe a year or two, once he gets into the league, can develop into that, that player that they anticipate him to be by year three. Just like I'm thinking how the Knicks, I'm, I'm really, really happy with, uh, how the Knicks went about this whole draft and how they're really approaching free agency at this point where they're not even, if Kevin Durant don't come, they're not even sweating right now. You know, like, whatever, we'll just. Uh, have you been listening to these Knicks fans up here? Dude, I, I said, I, I don't listen to the Knicks fans. I'm listening to the Knicks brass. <laughs> the Knicks brass said they're not going to overspend if they don't get a KD. They may try to spread some love around and get some other level, you know, other type talent, but. What's the, who are they going to overspend to get? If they don't play the KD, what the Knicks going to do? I'd rather them run with the Young Gunners. I, 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 to be honest, I agree with you. And to be honest, they should wait until me personally, and I know we jumped ahead about the Knicks, but they should wait, not this year, but wait for next year when the free agent market opens up. To be honest, if I'm the Knicks, I would sign one-year deals and just keep that max – cap space available for a next um, free agent um, and just build, like you said, off the younger talent. Yep. The question is, the problem is that these are not the Knicks that think that way. So, like you said, the talks about, the, you. I mean, like there's already talks about them, if they're not getting KD, there's already talks about them trying to land Boogie. So, Ooh. this is talk up here. Like, this is talk from not just, you know, like Knicks fans, Stephen A reported as well um, that there's so much, it's just so much chaos from the Knicks fan standpoint. There's half of the people are, you know, they don't know what to do. Like, they can't wait for free agency to start. And we can talk more about that a little bit later. So, but it's just chaotic up here. When it comes to dealing with Knicks, it's chaotic. And I'm pretty sure 76ers are feeling the same type of heat because if, this whole talk about Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and all them, you know, being free agent, I'm pretty sure they, they I, I'm pretty sure Philly fans would want, want them to keep as many people as possible. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm hearing that's where the talk is. Am I right or am I not right? You're right. I, I think they're more concerned about losing, from the sounds like they're more concerned about losing um, Harris than they are about Butler. And the reason is because Butler comes in and Butler, he doesn't have to have the ball every touch, but he commands a certain presence on a team. And I think Tobias Harris is much more of a role player. And if if the goal is you're going to have your two guys, you're going to have Embiid and you're going to have Simmons, you know, being the pillars, the foundation of your squad, um, you have to let them be those two players. Having Butler there doesn't allow – Simmons to really turn into the player that he does because he kind of falls back and kind of defers a little bit to Jimmy Butler. Tobias Harris is more of a auxiliary player that kind of fits in and shoots and can do all the other stuff. So it, Butler going to Houston would be a disaster, but I don't think he is. However, I think if he was to leave, I think in the, in the short term, they'll be freaking out, but in the long term, I think it might go more towards Ben Simmons' game. And this game has to develop. If it, if it can't develop, then they're not going to do anything. But if he can get a jumper and have a better half-court game like somebody said he didn't in the playoffs, with him and ben, with him and um, Joel Embiid, you have the two pieces that could be very dominant in the East. And right now, the way that he played this year, it was more 
who's going to take the last shot? Is it going to be Embiid? Is it going to be Butler? Is it going to be Simmons? And it was like, all right, is it going to be Embiid? Is it going to be Butler? So if Ben Simmons is that guy you think he is, you need to put him in that forefront to be that person. And right now, I don't think he can do that with Butler being on that squad. Well, or first I, I phrase that I don't think he can develop into the player that you believe he can be with Butler on that squad. First of all, in my opinion, if Butler ends up going to, which I'm hearing there is a possibility that Kawhi and Butler could end up in the Clippers. Now, that would be an interesting dynamic. You know, I'm not saying it would be a bad dynamic. I just think it would be an interesting dynamic because, believe it or not, Kawhi Leonard is the type of superstar that doesn't necessarily need the ball, which is rare in that type of environment, especially with basketball, you know, definitely could be an ice type of sport. So I could see where a Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler can actually coexist. And Kawhi can still be that dude to take last second shots or, you know, game winning shots so you can even defer uh, when need be. But if Butler does leave, uh, if Ben Simmons ain't in the gym right now jacking up a thousand shots a day, um, Six is going to have some serious problems because dude can't hit a damn he can't hit a jumper to save his life. Like, for real. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's dynamic when he when he drives to the hoop, when he has his back to the basket. He's a very dynamic player. But if he wants to be effective, he needs to be able to knock down a 15, 17-footer. If he can't do it, then, you know, then what's the whole point? Then I, I think he's more of a liability than an asset if you lose a butler. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I said all I could say about uh, Benson. Um, I'm not even going to go there because I don't want to get targeted from Sixers fans. Um, in a nutshell, I think that you put the nail, I mean, you pretty much said all these things that, um, if, if Simmons ain't developing, if, if Simmons is not developing a, a jumper at this stage, to be honest, the Sixers is only going to go as far as Simmons will take them. I get Embiid is still there. Embiid is the most dominant center, but it's the, they need a second go-to person. And while Tobias Harris is a free agent, he can help stop the bleeding, so to speak. But if Butler goes and if Simmons doesn't develop a jumper, it's, 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 it's going to be irrelevant. The Sixers are going to stay in the playoffs, but don't go further than even the Eastern Conference. Um, and that's all still considering if all the teams remain the same. Um, I think that in order for them to get to the next level, Simmons has to have a jump, bottom line. Um, for Simmons to be that more complete player, he needs a jump. And it's no different from Giannis when he needs, he needs a jump. And he's, right. he's the MVP. If, can you imagine him being an MVP and having a jumper that everyone fears? Like, and it's going to take some time for them to get to that point. But my point is, is that when you have it, people will start to fear you outside instead of on the inside. So, and then that opens up the whole game. So, yep. I think both Philadelphia and Milwaukee is in the same boat, which is kind of weird that they both lost to Toronto um, in the playoffs. But it actually showed their weakness because their star players wasn't able to shoot open jumpers or shoot jumpers in a consistent fashion. Um, the stars that needed to take over the game wasn't able to do it. Um, and it's weird that way. But I digress. The whole thing is that with all these upcoming free agents, if Jimmy goes, I don't think the Sixers – I think the Sixers stay where they are as far as the payoffs. They can make the first or second round. But anything about that without Jimmy Butler, I think it's going to be more difficult. If I were the Knicks, and the Knicks are probably going to strike out because I don't think – I'm skeptical about them getting Kevin Durant. Um, I think I think Kyrie is going to the Nets. I think Ky- Ka- Kawhi is going to not come to the Knicks. If I was the Knicks, I would stay pat with what they got. And like you said, keep that cap space open. Keep the cap, spa- cap space open. And then you try your best to go after the reigning MVP, who will be coming yes. up, who will be coming up on this last year. 
of his four-year extension with the Bucks in 2020. I'm going to be honest. I'd be shocked if Giannis leaves Milwaukee. Same thing I think. I would be – stranger things have happened. But I would just say, if – Think of KD. <laughs> if they can't land anybody, and they might not land anybody of significance, I would say don't panic. He, he, he will become – I'm not sure if he's going to become a restricted or restricted free agent. I think it might be a – he signed a four-year extension back in 2016 they were talking about, mm-hmm. which means 2019, 2000, it would be over. I would say after next season, I believe he would be on the free agent market. Mm-hmm. That would be the big fish. Now, he can get a lot more money with Milwaukee. Definitely. A shitload more money with Milwaukee. But – don't panic. You never but, know. But here's the problem with that. Knicks are, Knicks are impatient. They yep. put and that's the problem. And they put everything they had totally invested into this season. They could they traded Christoph Zingas way too early to clear up cap space because they had a quote unquote um belief that Kyrie and KD wanted to come to the Knicks. Well let me well, you know, I have my thing about that. I mean Porzingis told the Knicks <laughs> blatantly, I want to leave. I'm not resigning. Get rid of me. And, I, and I'm going to tell the people not to come. They were kind of in a rock and a hard place. So yeah. do I think they kind of jumped the guns early? Probably. But at the end of the day, they had to get rid of him because he didn't want to really be there and he was going to try to sour the milk. So you see other free agents that's going to hit the market. That's why they did it. They was like, okay, if, if we're going to, you know, move them, if we move them now, we're going to have a chance to get, a, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, or whoever is out there now. All the things in the playoffs happened. But I can understand why the Knicks did it. And they did it because, like you said, they want to win now. And it was better to move them now than wait until next year. And then you have a bad season and he's who knows what the hell. He might even came back and played. But the problem, what I'm saying is not about – I mean, I get the fact that you have to trade them, but the value in return is what the problem is because they traded him way too early, given the advantage and the leverage to the Dallas Mavericks. Like, if you follow the AD model that they did, AD, I mean, for what David Griffin did with the Pelicans when they traded Anthony Davis, they got back Lonzo Ball, they got back um, <clears throat> Brandon Ingram, they got back like three first round picks. Plus, the pick number four pick of this season. Like the Knicks could have gotten more, or not more, but something similar with Christoph Porzingis. They could have gotten like future draft, first round draft picks. They didn't get none of that. They got Christoph, they got Dennis Smith Jr., they got DeAndre Jordan, and I forgot the other piece. And I'm not saying that, but if you look at the comparison between a, what they got from AD with the Pelicans and what they got with Christoph Porzingis, they could have waited until this season, I mean, to this season, offseason, to probably go after AD with Christoph Porzingis as a trade piece. That would probably have been more enticing to, them, you know, to the Pelicans than what they got to offer for. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there could have been a much better package that the Knicks could have got for Christoph Porzingis than what they got next. It could have been. The Lakers were extremely thirsty. So, I mean, you already have AD talking about, I I want to go to the Lakers. And if you send me to any other team, I'm going to do a one. I'm not going to sign an extension. So you kind of put the Pelicans. In the rock and a hard place. In the rock and a hard place. And then you got the Lakers saying, you know, very thirsty. Oh, he wants to come here. Who do you want? And it was very public where the Dallas, maybe you could have got something better in the offseason, but the Dallas Mavericks was not his preferred team as far as we know of. And the Dallas Mavericks weren't as thirsty. <laughs> but that's my point. But that's exactly my point. Like, the Knicks could have made a trade with for Christoph Porzingis with any other team. And Kyle probably would have got a better package. But they rushed to judgment and traded Christoph Porzingis immediately to the first team that gave him the package. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but, I'm pretty sure that anybody with other teams would look at Christoph Porzingis as an actual, like, yeah, I, I'm whatever. What do you need from me to get Christoph Porzingis? I'm pretty sure there's other teams that could have offered some packages a lot better than what true. they got from Dallas. But, but what and that's what I'm saying. 
that's why I'm saying that makes it worse because the Lakers, I mean, Pelicans were were pretty much caught in a rock because AD said he was only going to the Lakers, so they had to make a trade with the Lakers. The Knicks could have made a trade with any team with Christoph Pazingas as a trade piece, but they did. And then what they got in return just it just not enough to me, in my opinion. And now look where they at right now because you're now thinking you're 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 renouncing rights to all these um, players on your team. Frank Milikina is now a free agent. I uh, forgot who the other two that he just announced rights to, but now they're unrestricted free agents. So where does it leave the Knicks? And again, which goes back to from the things that I'm hearing up here, like a lot of people is just like, yo, we've been sold, like uh, we've been sold like false goods. Like we've been sold stuff <laughs> like we got scammed. Like they feel as though they got scammed out of this because the first thing that they were thinking was, yeah, you know, we traded all this in. We're going to get KD. We're going to get Kyrie. We're going to get Zion. We're going to be the team. <laughs> we're going to have everybody. We're going to have, you're going to have KD. We're going to have Kyrie. We're going to have Kawhi. We're going to have Kimba. We're going to have all these people. And plus we get in Zion. And who knows? We might get another person. But, you know, they were sold a lot of goods. And now look at them. Like everybody's struggling. They got, <laughs> they got two max, um, three max, cap space for two max free agents and it seems as though none of the top free agents of this year wants to go to the Knicks. And that's a bad thing. And 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 I guess I can feel for the Knicks, you know, sense of urgency because they haven't won a championship in what 37, 40 years, whatever what it is. And they haven't had a relevant team, in my opinion, since Ewing and Oakley and the rest of the guys were on that squad. Um so um <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I hear you out. Uh, the only thing I, I will push back is that, um, at least with the Pelicans, with Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis said, whatever team you send me to, if it ain't the Lakers, I ain't signing no extension. So how you plan on getting a good deal from anybody if Porzingis says, I'm not going to sign an extension with any team you send me to. So if A's is trying to give me, you know, the Knicks trying to give me Porzingis, and you want all the stuff in return, and Porzingis says, you can send me over there, but I ain't signing no extension. Why the hell I'm gonna do business with Ace and give up the farm like the Lakers did to get one person and he doesn't sign an extension and he walks the next year. So I'm left high and dry. So granted, it, to me, I think the AD Christoph Porzingis is apples and oranges because Porzingis, I mean, AD said, I want to go to the Lakers. And basically that's all he wanted to do business with. Now the Lakers highly repaid him in my opinion, because now they don't really got three freaking players after they freed up cap space and they allow AD to give up his four million, but I think he gave up his four million to get to 23 in my opinion. But, but um, <laughs> speaking but, of that, I'm glad that's a good segue because what do you think about the Lakers dumping three, three scrubs over to the wizards? Cause it, it ultimately became a three, a three way trade. Cause I think the Lakers gave up three scrubs in this uh, 2022 second round pick. And the Wizards turned around and gave uh, the Pelicans cash. And L.A. now has A.D. Gave up the $4 million, like you said. But now they gave them this cap space to, to get one max uh, free agent. Well, <laughs> I laugh the fact that you call them all scrubs. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very highly invested in Mo Wagner. Um, from the Lakers, to be honest, I wanted the Nets to get him last season um, during the draft lottery. Um, I think he has potential. Um, with, but that, with with that being said, I think him going to the Wizards is going to give him an opportunity to showcase what he can do. Um, but all in all, the trade, I, I I think it's one of like you scratch my back, I scratch your back type of deal to me. It just seems as though that it's like you owe me this down the road. I don't know. This is weird all around. And also the fact that AD now waves his trade kicker and all yep. that. That's just, I mean, this is what he wanted. So I can't even knock that. It's what he wanted. So it is what it is at this stage. If, uh, if, <laughs> if, sorry, sorry to bust your bubble over there. <laughs> No, they, I, 
<laughs> a, I think they paid way too much for AD, especially if they do bad. I don't think they're going to do bad, but they're banking on the fact that they're not going to have bad seasons because they do have bad seasons. And those draft picks that they gave up thinking it's not going to be shit is going to just, you know, be for the Pelicans' benefit. If they don't win, they got three years to win a championship. They can't win a championship in three years. I don't think LeBron – I'm skeptical if he's going to sign a fifth-year extension. If he doesn't sign a a fifth-year extension and he don't win a championship, you're going to leave AD with the Lakers with nothing. Mm -hmm. And once again, LeBron James is going to come into it Come into organization, and when he leaves, he's going to leave it in worse shape than what he found it in. I agree. And what makes it worse is that they're going to be stuck in that purgatory where they're not going to be good enough to win a championship, but they're not going to be bad enough to get any type of lottery pick. They're going to be in that same position where – they're not going to fully invest in up-and-coming draft picks that they're going to have because they're all going to be down at the bottom end of the first round. And what's the Lakers are not going to have anything to look for in the future with this, other than it's either win or go home. Um, no rebuild mode for the next three or four years at this stage. It's, all, it's always going to be win or go home. Their full investment is going to solely rely on whatever free agents that they get in the offseason. That's exactly what it's going to be. Whenever LeBron James finishes his career at the at Los Angeles Lakers, whether it's going to be in three years or whether it's going to be in four years, whenever he leaves, that's going to be cap space freed up. They're going to be right back in the same boat they was the mm-hmm. summer before they signed him, trying to entice free agents there. And you might, like I said, leave AD there with nothing. Because right now you got nothing, and now you got a whole lot of cap space. And if you bring on a third player, you still want to have nothing because you're going to be top heavy as fuck, like he said he was in, in Cleveland. So best they should spread the money around and get some good players that will not only be there for the immediate, but still be there for the you know for the long haul because LeBron is going to not be at that you know the zenith that he is right now. He got that injury, his groin injury, and now you can attest to it. Once you get one injury, another one always follows. Another mm-hmm. one always follows. And trust me, I have a sneaky suspicion either AD or LeBron is going to be hurt for a long stretch of time come next season. And it's going to repeat the same cycle of them not either making it to the playoffs or being one of the bottom seeds in the playoffs, just barely speaking in. And it's not going to be a good look. I know everybody's counting them to, like, win the championship. They don't have no players. Like, you only got no. AD and you only got LeBron James. So And, and Hart. And Contract. <laughs> say it again? Hart. Uh, no, no, he's with um, Pelicans now. They got – so, wait a second. Yes, it's um, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, three first-round picks. Include, and including the number four draft. I thought I, I thought it was Kuzma that they sent, not Josh Hart. No, exactly. they got Kuzma. They, they kept Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah, so it's, that's who they have. They have Kuzma, LeBron James, and AD. That's it. And they're still trying to track one more player. I don't know who the hell they're going to get. No, they, listen to what the rumors are saying. There's rumors on right now that they're still trying to they, – they're looking at bringing in Carmelo Anthony and J.R. Smith. Mm-mm. No bad back to get the man. <laughs> if I'm if I'm J.R. Smith, I wouldn't want to go nowhere near freaking LeBron James. Because he's practically they, blatantly they share the same agent. They do share the same agent. He practically blamed you for that for the um the finals loss. I guess he's over. I, I, I guess LeBron wanted out of Cleveland nowhere, you know, either way, so it doesn't really matter at this point. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the rumors are. Uh, rumors are that um, they're going to, like, Cleveland is probably going to save money by buying out J.R. Smith's contract. Um, and then as soon after that happens, the Lakers definitely have interest in J.R. Smith. 
and they have similar interests in Carmelo Anthony as well. Why not? Why not give him the last hurrah? I mean, it's you can give Carmelo, he'll probably take two year, ten million dollar contract. Why not? He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna get the big bucks. You know, JR two year okay, Carmelo maybe two year twenty, JR two year ten. Did you say two year twenty for Oh good. Melo ain't getting two year twenty. He might get to what the veteran he, he, he would get that based off a of name. He might get the veteran minimum. They have they don't even, I don't think they have enough to even that will eat up their whole max free cap money that they have available um just for Melo alone. I agree with but, I agree with Smooth. They need to spread that money equally. And to be honest, they need to get some shooters. Like all jokes aside, get some shooting. Get somebody that can shoot. I mean, granted, I know y'all looking at Jaron Smith, but there are other shooters out there. See what available shooters is available and get a look at them. I mean, that's basically all you need. You can have Anthony Davis at the five, you know, for the time being until you get some more somebody solidified. You got all these players on one-year deals. Rondo is on a one-year deal. Um, Tyson Chandler is on a one-year deal. Um, all those remaining players are on one-year deals. So they're free agents now. What are you going to do to replenish your team? That's what the Lakers need to focus on. There's a lot of good teams. That, I mean, a lot of good players out there um, that they can get if they don't drop it all on one person. I mean, right now, the West, they're, they're stacked, but the West is, as of right now, still slightly wide open. I mean, Golden State is on a, a, a red shirt year for all intents and purposes. Um, Houston Rockets have a lot of issues. San Antonio Spurs is you're not going to win um, with uh, Marcus Aldridge. Um, Portland Trail Blazers, who knows? Denver Nuggets, maybe. But right now, unless Kawhi goes to the Clippers, if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, then fucking forget it. But right now, the Lakers, this is they have a, a short window to get it done. And, and, and can I make a side note? Um, Houston, Houston Rockets. I, I I told you about this, right? And I said, if I'm the Sixers, and I, we went on this on chat, Ace, for um, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, for Jimmy Butler, for mm-hmm. the Sixers, I would do it. And everybody on NBA radio is saying, if I'm the Sixers, I would do that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And I'm telling you, now there's talked about in the, they're doing it individual. So Eric, they're looking to ship Eric Gordon in the individual. Clint Capella individually. Um, got the other person now. Um, PJ Tucker individually. Like they're really trying to clear up the cap space to bring in Jimmy Butler. I, I just don't understand Houston behind it because it defeats their whole core purpose at this stage. You give a Capella, you give a – first of all, I still don't understand how that trade to the Sixers would work. Like, do you play in, Do you play Capella and Embiid at the same time? I said that. I said I would do that in a heartbeat. You know, Capella has the motor to, um, to defend on the floor. To be honest, and I would – it all depends if they keep Tobias Harris. If they keep Tobias Harris, then obviously Tobias has to play the four. Or what you could do is move Tobias to the three. Capella at the four and be at the five. But then who's your one and two? Ben Simmons and J.J. Reddick. Okay, I don't know. I I mean, because... You don't play with that many bigs. Huh? The game game isn't isn't played like that nowadays when you can afford to have two bigs on the court at one time. What I'm saying is that Capella can be, is able to defend either the can defend the fours as well. But I agree with you. I, even if that's the case, I would share minutes between Embiid and Capella. I mean... I don't think Embiid's ego can handle that. Well, I, well, Capella would be a little bit would be very, very interesting, but I agree. If I'm with the Sixers, I would do the trade. I mean, I, I think it would put a little bit more... You have more in the cupboard. <laughs> to be honest... I would. I agree. And also, who's to say that you don't have to keep Capella? You can move him for getting additional pieces that you need. Like, if you get Capella and then you can trade him and move to Capella to, to another team and you then get some pieces that you need to fill that spot, the back end off of that as well. 
I mean, there are options, but you know, you can get more, more you can improve your bench. That's what Philly needs at this stage. Definitely need a more, you know, their bench needs an upgrade. So I would do work on that. Be more complete team. So yeah, I would take like like I said, if Capella and Gordon was available, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. You have Gordon come off the bench? No, I would have. I would. It would be. I would have. It's very simple. I would have Reddy, Ben Simmons, Gordon, Tobias Harris, and B. Oh, that'd be a five. Okay. Yep. I'll have Ben Simmons guard the small forward position. Wow. Well, you know, starting with the NBA draft, and we're talking about this crazy free agency and the, the lunacy of Houston. Well, we could talk about this sort of thing all night. Yeah. As you can see, we're just really, this really starting to dive into how, our feelings about all of this. So, tell them why you mad, son. Tell yeah. them why you mad. I guarantee, once uh, free agency opens on Monday, we're gonna have a, a ton to talk about come next Wednesday. So, uh, it'll be a nice free fall to see how the, the dominoes kind of fall. But it looks as though we kind of, kind of uh, came up on our end here. Uh, we really got. We're really enamored with basketball right now. That seems to be like the the, the soap opera of the soap or the, the drama of the sports world as, as it is currently. Until a uh, until a uh, baseball really heats up in in OTAs. <laughs> king 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 football. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should be starting up real soon. But with that being said, fellas, where can everybody find you if they have any questions or concerns? Go ahead, Al. Sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Uh, you can find me on Snapchat. Uh, uh, Snapchat. Snapchat, Twitter, <laughs> and the gram. Uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Well, fellas, it's fun. We're definitely looking forward to uh, discussing all these free agency uh, situations come next Wednesday. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with a few moves, I think. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, everybody out there, thanks again for listening to us. Uh, you know where you can find us. We're all over social media. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Google Play. Uh, that thing called Apple. Whatever your Play Store is, which I don't like I don't like that. But anywho, we love you. We love to hear from you. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We thank you. And until next time, we'll welcome you to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Hey, Brooklyn, do the right thing. You know what you need to do.